It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 287 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here. It is Monday, November 21st, 2022. A little bit of Padres to talk about here today. The National Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has been released as well, and there's a former Padre on that. The Athletic, they put out their like top prospect thing from the Arizona Fall League and Jackson Merrill, Padres' top prospect. He was at the top of that list. And so that leads me to an intriguing question for you guys. Would you trade uh, Jackson Merrill? Would you trade him? Who would you trade him for? Uh, So we can get into that a little bit. There's some Jose Abreu news about his free agency. So uh, let's get started. Thank you so much for being here. Let's start with the Jose Abreu stuff. So this is from Ken Rosenthal today, or not today. It was yesterday. Ken Rosenthal yesterday in The Athletic. He said that the Astros have continuing interest in Jose Abreu. Also said that Kodai Senga wants to be on an immediate contender. I'll get to that in a bit. But starting with the Abreu thing with Ken Rosenthal. So, as I said, I don't know if it was yesterday, but it was these last few days, within the last few days. 
it's going to come down to the Padres and the Astros. That's what it feels like. Those feel like the main two contenders. The White Sox, they want to just move on. That's what it feels like. They want to go to Andrew Vaughn at first base. They're young guy. He's cheaper. That's just what they want to do. So it doesn't seem like a is going to go back to the White Sox. So the Astros, they have Yuli Gurriel, who's like 39, and he's a free agent. So they probably want to go with the better free agent option at first base, and that would be Jose Abreu. Obviously, they're coming off the World Series, so it might be easy to be like, eh, we won the World Series last year. We'll just see what happens in 2023. But they do have Dusty Baker as the manager, and Jim Crane did just let go of uh, James Click, the GM. So it, it's kind of like a Jerry Jones thing. The Astros are being run by the owner. Um, like GM wise. So Jim Crane wants to win. He wants to win every year. And so he's going to try. I, I think he's going to try his best to get Abreu. I don't know if Abreu wants to go there, but there's interest. And I assume that money's going to talk. Now, JP Morosi said, was it yesterday? He said that the Padres, or Saturday, I think, that the Padres have. They view Abreu as a top priority to them. And now you have this Rosenthal report, continuing interest from the Astros in Abreu. I'm not really hearing about other teams checking in on Abreu. Now, we might hear that in the next couple of days. But as of now, it feels like it's the Astros and the Padres. Who would you give the edge there to? It's really hard to tell. I mean, the Padres... Contender, you get to play with Tatis, Soto, Manny. You have the great pitching staff. But the Astros could probably say the same thing, right? Where, oh, you get to play with Altuve, Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman. Maybe you have Verlander back, but you have Framber Valdez in that rotation. Um, there's young pitching there, right? I think Ryan Presley's still on a contract there. Like, they have young talent there as well. Um, so I think in this situation, it's going to be about the money because Abreu is going to go to a contender. That's definitely what it feels like. Houston and San Diego contenders. Maybe another team comes in there, but it wouldn't make sense for the Royals or I don't know what their first base situation looks like, but I'm just throwing out a random team. The Nationals, it wouldn't make sense for them to be players for Jose Abreu. When we know that the Abreu contract's probably going to be like two years, maybe three years if it's like a club option, and that's what gets a deal done. But it's going to be a small amount of years, so he's going to a contender. He hasn't won a World Series yet. The farthest that he has gone in his career is the ALDS, I believe, a few years ago. Uh, I think he's made the playoffs twice in his career, so he wants to go far. Padres and the Astros, those are two destinations where I think he could go far. Obviously, he can go far with the Astros. It'll probably be, probably be tougher with the Padres, but that's because, you know, the Dodgers are there. It's not a guarantee the Padres beat the Dodgers again, but it is doable, obviously. No one, I don't think, is scared of the Dodgers come postseason time anymore. But, like, it feels like the National League is deeper. Now, this is me saying that the National League is deeper right now. Obviously, things could change. Like, 
you know, where do the shortstops land? Where does Verlander and DeGrom land? If they go to AL teams, then maybe it changes, right? But right now, the NL is deeper than the AL, so maybe Abreu wants to go to the AL, and, you know, the Astros, probably an easier division, and he feels like he has the better chance to win there. The Padres are still a very appealing option, I think. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. You know, talking about the NL AL, I mean, right now, if he goes to the AL, the AL team, the Astros, because he thinks that he has the better opportunity to win there, I mean, it makes sense. You can't really fault him for it. Um, but as a Padres fan, obviously, I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, I want Jose Abreu here. Uh, I don't want him to go to Houston. Selfishly, right? We're thinking everything's going well there with Houston. They had Yuli Gurriel there. Why can't you just keep that? Let us have a brave, right? But Jim Crane, he is the Jerry Jones of Major League Baseball. They won a World Series. It wasn't good enough for him. He fires the GM. And it seems like he's running things. Yeah, there's some assist, there's some assistant GMs there. But it seems like he's running things. Uh, and he has that right, but I don't think that's the smartest thing to do long-term. But we're talking about short-term here with Jose Abreu. So if Jim Crane's running things with Houston, maybe they go get Abreu because he's like, F this. I'm going to go overpay for him. I don't care what the Padres offer. I'm getting Jose Abreu. And maybe Peter Seidler's sitting there like, well, I'm more measured than Jim Crane. I actually value my GM. And I value his thoughts. And Preller's like, no, I'm not going to overspend. I don't think it's smart to overspend here. There's other options. We could go the Josh Bell route. We could go Brandon Drew. We could go Brandon Belt. I don't think that's happening, but we could still go Brandon Belt. There's, you know, we could go trade, uh, bringing back Myers and having Josh Bell. I don't know if that's the worst thing in the world. You could move Tatis to the outfield if you bring in a first baseman. You could have Cronenworth at first base and have Kim at, at short, Tatis at second, or vice versa. Like, there's other ways around it without overpaying for Abreu. Abreu is on my, like, dream offseason list. I'd love to have him. But we do have to realize who the Padres are going up against here in this bidding. Um, and the other team has a, I don't want to say reckless owner, but an owner that does not care about anyone else in his organization, like any other front office employees. He's going to do what he thinks is best. He's going to do what he wants to do. So we'll see how that situation develops. Uh, that was from Ken Rosenthal. Also from Ken Rosenthal, Kodai Senga wants to be on an immediate contender. We did not know that previously. All that was said was some teams that Kodai Senga had visited with, but we did not know that Kodai Senga wanted to be on an immediate contender. But now that we know that, that is good news for the Padres. Obviously, because the Padres are a contender. And so the Rangers have expressed interest. I think that Japanese report said that Senga was interested in the Angels, but I don't expect them to contend with Houston and Seattle being in that division. So you would think that his list of teams narrows down. J.P. Morosi reported that the Yankees and Red Sox have been in contact with Kodai Senga's agent. 
or his representation. Those are probably contenders, I would think. So there's those two teams. You got the Padres, the Mets. The Diamondbacks were a team that I guess he visited, but if he wants to be on an immediate contender, they're not that team. Seattle, you could throw in there as a contender. I'm probably forgetting some other teams, but there's five teams right there. So, yeah, it's favorable for the Padres that, you know, this if this report is true, that he wants to be on an immediate contender, that's good news for San Diego. But there's also obviously other contenders that want to upgrade their rotation and they're willing to spend money. He did post on, I think it was Instagram. I don't know if this was his account. I think it was, but I saw this floating around social media that he posted a picture with a Dodgers coffee mug, which obviously that's not good news if you're a Padre fan, or at least that doesn't make you happy if you're a Padres fan. But I'm not taking anything from that. He was just in San Diego, so I'm going to take that positive. He's making the rounds. He was visiting New York with the Mets. Just in San Diego, looks like he's visiting the Dodgers. That Japanese report the other day said that he's visiting the Diamondbacks and the Mariners and I think Dallas with the Rangers. So he's making the rounds here in America. Uh, So if you see something of another team, don't, you know, go panic. He's just, you know, making the rounds. He's seeing which teams are interested, probably seeing how the fan base reacts, seeing the facilities, interacting with the owner, the GM, probably some players from that team. We know that Senga met with Darvish. So this is a process. Uh, I don't expect this process to wrap up quickly. I think that he's going to take his time with this, and he has that right. You know, he's a free agent. He has that right. There's a lot of teams that are interested in him, so he can take his time. Um, so that was the Kodai Senga thing, you know, with the Yankees and Boston being interested, sure. The Yankees could be a threat to the Padres, just like any team being interested in Senga and the Red Sox could be a threat, but personally right now, I'm not scared of the Red Sox in this Senga stuff. They, what are their priorities, right? It seems like their priorities. Yeah. You could say starting pitching, but they want to lock down Xander Bogarts and well, not lock down, bring him back because he's a free agent. But then they also want to extend Rafael Devers as well. So there's other things there for them. And do they want to spend 75, 80 million on Senga before making sure they bring Bogarts back? I don't know. With the Yankees, are they going all out for Senga or are they going to wait? for the Aaron Judge decision. You would think that they're going to wait for the Aaron Judge decision because regardless of who the Yankees bring in, except probably DeGrom, like even if they bring in Senga, he's just not known across America. Baseball fans know who he is, but like if the the Yankees were to bring Kodai Senga in and they didn't bring back Aaron Judge, the Yankees fan base isn't going to be happy. They're not going to say, oh, at least we got Kodai Senga. No, they're going to say this offseason was a failure because they didn't bring back Aaron Judge, right, who just won AL MVP. And and I mean, he carried the team to the record that they had in the regular season. I know he didn't really show up in the postseason, but he needs to remain a Yankee. So the Yankees have pressure to get that done before Senga, I would think. 
They already got Rizzo done. I'm not really scared of the Yankees or the Red Sox. I'm more scared of the Mets taking him, the Dodgers taking him, definitely. Um, what are the other NL teams that are interested? Those are the two main teams, Dodgers and Mets. Diamondbacks, I'm not worried about. They're not a contender. Uh, you know, The Mariners, if he goes there, okay. We'll see him in the World Series. If we have to see him in the World Series, I don't think that's the end of the world, right? So that's kind of the Senga situation. The update there wants to be on a contender. It's good news for the Padres, but I still don't take too much away from that because there are other contenders that he could go to, right? But it is clarity that he wants to be on a contender, and that's a good thing. It eliminates a few teams, but I think this is something that we're going to wait on, to be honest. Um, let me look at the chat here real quick. Yeah, Daniel, yep, he did post, yeah, Senga did post a Dodger coffee mug. Yeah, I think it was on his Instagram, his Instagram story or something like that. I didn't see it myself, like, on Instagram, but I think someone posted a screenshot of that on social media. Okay, so... Let's uh let's talk about the Hall of Fame ballot thing. It'll probably be a short discussion here. Uh, the Hall of Fame ballot was released today. Results will be announced on January 24th on MLB Network, like who gets in. Um, but the ballot, this is the full ballot. So Bobby Abreu, Bronson Arroyo, Carlos Beltran, Mark Gurley, uh, Matt Cain, R.A. Dickey, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, J.J. Hardy, Todd Helton, Torrey Hunter, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Francisco Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, Houston Street, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, Jared Weaver, and Jason Wirth. So, Two former Padres on that list. Jared Weaver, obviously, he sucked with the Padres. I'll always remember in 2016 when he got booed off the mound because he was absolute garbage. I think it was in the first inning. He didn't make it out of the first inning. He was trash. Um, he won't make the Hall of Fame. Houston Street, another former Padre. He won't make the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, he was only a two-time All-Star. Sure, those years were really, really good. 2012, he had a 1.85 ERA with the Padres. 2014, he had a 1.37 ERA combined with his 109. If you combine that with his numbers with the Padres, his sorry, if you heard that music in the background, my bad. He had a 109 ERA with the Padres before he was traded to the Angels. Um, He's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Two-time All-Star. It was impressive. I mean, looking back at his baseball reference page, 13 years to have an ERA under three. Like, that's impressive, but we're not talking about the Hall of Very Good here, right? We're talking about the Hall of Fame. So, he this is going to be his only year on the ballot, I would think. This ballot is not very strong. There were some people on social media today that were like, there's some pretty good names on here. like. Not really. When you really look into the numbers 
and you look at the name, you're not just looking at, oh, it's a big name, Hall of Famer. For Hall of Famers, for me, it should be, I look at the name, okay, that guy's a Hall of Famer. I, I shouldn't have to go look at the numbers and be like, oh, 70 war player, okay, he's a Hall of Famer. You should just know by name, is that guy a Hall of Famer or not? Um, so like Bobby Abreu, no, Bronson Arroyo, no, Beltron, I think yes, Beerly, no, uh, Matt Kane, no, Dickey, no, Ellsbury, heck no, Andre Ethier, no, JJ Hardy, no, Todd Helton, yes, Torrey Hunter, see when I have to think about it like this with Torrey Hunter, it's probably a no, but he might get a, a bump this year, Andrew Jones, see I'm thinking about that. So I, I lean towards no, Jeff Kent, no, John Lackey, no, like Jeff Kent, that's Hall of Very Good, Mike Napoli, no, surprised he even got on, Johnny Peralta, no, Andy Pettit, no, Manny Ramirez, no, A-Rod, no, Francisco Rodriguez, no, Scott Rowland, yes, Jimmy Rollins, no, Gary Sheffield, no, Houston Street, no, Vizquel, no, Billy Wagner, no, Weaver, no, Jason Worth, no, like a lot of those players, all are very good, and you could see some of those guys, like a Tory Hunter, get a bump. Um, you could see Billy Wagner get a bump. Maybe he gets in, but I, I don't think they're going to get in. Um, Francisco Rodriguez, he could get some votes, but there's a lot of names that got added this year that they're not even going to see a second year on the ballot. Uh, one of the in, that's including. Um, Houston Street, obviously Jared Weaver. Like, you had some really good years. Like, that's why they're on the ballot, but you had to be really good for a consistent, like, a long time. When you're only a two-time All-Star and Jared Weaver really did not pitch well at the end of his career, uh, I could look up his numbers here. I'm only talking about Weaver because he did pitch for the Padres briefly. Like A-Rod, yeah, you could probably sit here and say, Ben, well, no, he's a Hall of Famer. Are you kidding me? He's one of the best hitters of all time. Well, then you don't you don't hold the same thought of me. as like he used roids. He lied about it on the radio to Mike Francesca in New York. Didn't care. Um, biggest suspension, right, in baseball history. Like you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame there. If you were that good, then why'd you use it? Uh, Jared Weaver, so... He had a lot of good seasons, but, I mean, his best season, he had two seasons with the war above five, 2010, 2011, according to fan graphs, and then it really tailed off. Like, there's some Hall of Famers where they're in the Hall of Fame, they had, like, I don't know, two or three bad years at the end, but Weaver, I mean, from 2013 to 2017, his F war wasn't better than 2 3. You know, like, and there's a lot of that in this ballot. So, I, I mean, less than a handful of guys probably will get in this year. And who are those? I mean, Beltron, I think people will penalize him. I did see that in the chat earlier. I think people will penalize Beltron for the 2017 stuff. But I do think he eventually gets in. Uh, because he was a bench player then, and yeah, he was a big like scheme guy with that, but he was kind of more like a player manager. 
when he was playing, like he didn't use roids or anything. I think he eventually gets in, but I don't think he gets in first ballot. I think Scott Rowland will get in. Um, just looking again at other names. Torrey Hunter is very intriguing to me. Andrew Jones is interesting. Jeff Kent's interesting. But there's no one that I look on, you know, on this list and be like, slam dunk Hall of Famer. There's no Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman or Chipper Jones on this list, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's my thoughts on the Hall of Fame ballot. I see some people in the chat here. Uh, Wolfpack says, if A-Rod who tested positive for roids gets in, then Bonds who never tested positive should also, or should get in also. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I believe Bonds is on like the old committee ballot or whatever they call that thing, where they announce those guys, whoever gets in, they announce it, I think, at the winter meetings. So I'm, I might be at the winter meetings and hear that Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he gets in if the writers didn't vote him in. Usually these, the is it the New Era ballot, the New Era committee? It's a smaller group of people. Usually, if they don't get in on like the steroid guys, if they don't get in on the writer ballot, they don't get in on the old people committee. That's what I call it. Sorry, that's probably rude. I, I just forget what the name is called. I think it's the new era committee, but it's usually people that have a lot of experience in baseball. The people voting on this were those who were in the game when like Bonds was playing and stuff. So they probably feel really bad about, or they hate what Bonds did, you know? Uh, Gil says, A-Royd is a Hall of Famer. Well, you literally said A-Royd, so uh, I don't think that's, I don't think he is a Hall of Famer, but maybe that's just me. There are some people that say, well, he was a Hall of Famer before he took the steroids. Okay, well, then why did he take them? That's my stance on it. We could go around all day on this, so we'll just agree to disagree. I see Gabe in the comments here says Barry Bonds were snubbed. He could still get in. I don't see him getting in. Uh, but that's their fault for doing that. They didn't have to do that. They chose to do that, and they chose to not get in the Hall of Fame, pretty much. Um, okay, so that's the Hall of Fame stuff. I will get to Jackson Merrill. That's the big topic for this episode. I'm going to get to that in a moment here, but first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so The Athletic put out today their article about who impressed the most at the Arizona Fall League. I believe that just happened. I think the championship game just happened a couple weeks ago. And Jackson Merrill, the Padres' top prospect, he was ranked number one by the Athletic here. This is a quote from a scout in that article. said, most scouts are salivating over him. Uh, Merrill's only 19 years old. He plays shortstop. I believe he finished this past season with Lake Elsinore. 19 years old, like I just said, like really young player, but he had a 906 OPS in 2022 during the minor league season. And I think it's a interesting question to ask here. 
should the Padres trade Jackson Merrill if they can get back a huge like star player in return to help this Padres team win right now? Obviously, the Padres made the NLCS in 2023. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back. If you trade Merrill, yeah, your farm system is going to get even worse than it is, right? You trade away Wood and Abrams, Gore, Hassel, uh, Yarlan Susanna. You trade away all of them in the Juan Soto deal. But if you extend Juan Soto, it's worth it, right? If, or if you win a World Series with Juan Soto in the next two years, it's worth it, right? So if the Padres are trying to win right now, go all in, which it's clear that's what they're trying to do from Peter Scyther's actions, from A.J. Preller's actions, it's clear they're going all in, and I love that. Do they continue that all-in action by trading Jackson Merrill, who scouts are salivating over, according to this athletic article? Trade him for a Corbin Burns or trade him for a Shoei Otani? trade him for a Brian Reynolds. There are some names where I would trade Jackson Merrill. There are some names that I would not. Like, going into this, before I did some research, I had the opinion of, no, you don't trade Jackson Merrill. You traded away all those guys in the Juan Soto trade. At some point, it's got to stop. At some point, you got to develop these guys. At some point, you got to have these cheap contracts go up to the big leagues. But they just made the NLCS this past season. Like, it is hard for me to pass up trading Jackson Merrill if I can get an all-star player with multiple years of control. The right all-star, you know? Uh, for Corbin Burns, I would do it. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He would have two years of control, so through the Soto years, 2023, 2024, a sub-3 ERA in four of his last five years. Jackson Merrill is not a guarantee to be this great player for the Padres when he comes up, right? The Padres have a shortstop long-term, Fernando Tatis Jr. They can extend Ha-Sung Kim if they want to. They can extend Jake Cronenworth up the middle if they want to. They can bring in a middle infielder in free agency if Cronenworth you know, walks in a few years and Kim walks after 2024. I believe that's when he's a free agent, right? So Merrill, I don't think he'd be up until 2025, maybe. I don't even know what his, his uh, expected time of arrival is, but he's 19. And he was in Lake Elsinore this past season, you know? So if you can get a guy like Corbin Burns and have a rotation of Darvish, Burns, Snell, Musgrove, Martinez, and then you bring in another guy to compete for maybe uh, a last bullpen spot. Like You have the best rotation in baseball if that happens. No doubt about it, I think. And what was the Padres' weakness in the postseason, in the NLCS specifically, in game uh, three and four, right? Or game four specifically. We'll, we'll just focus on game four. It was Clevenger and Manaya, right? They had Clevenger Gurr out there, and he didn't get an out. They had Shamanaya come in, gave up a run in the first inning that he pitched, and then they put him back out there because they wanted to go Garcia, Suarez, Hader probably, right? So they, they lacked that back-end starting pitching. And if you get Corbin Burns, 
it's worth it giving up Jackson Merrill, I think, because you're trying to go all in. You're going all in for at least the next two years when Soto is guaranteed to be a Padre, right? So for a guy like Burns, you go all in, I say yes. For a guy like Shohei Otani, I say no. And that might sound hypocritical because Otani is a top-of-the-rotation guy, and so you go all in, get Otani. But he's a free agent, and the Padres, they're trying to extend Juan Soto. Otani, I would think, would walk after 2023. I don't think the Padres' priority is to get Otani. And the Angels are going to ask for way more, I think, than the Brewers would ask for Corbin Burns in a trade. With Otani, I mean, he can pitch, he can hit. Their asking price is going to be the moon, right? So I would say no to that You only because you only have one year guaranteed of Otani. You have two for Burns. And you can go get a DH option on the free agent market or via trade. I don't think it's worth giving up Merrill for one year of Otani because, I, frankly, I don't think that he would come back because they're going to give $500 million to Soto. I'm confident in that, that they're going to extend Juan Soto at some point. Or if he goes to free agency, Seidler's going to bring him back. Um, I don't think you can do both. Do fans want to be paying for $50 beers? Maybe. If you have Otani, Soto, Manny, um, Musgrove, maybe, maybe Darvish comes back. I mean, you have so many guys that maybe you would, but I just don't see how you get Soto and Otani. So I'd say no to Otani, but with like Sean Murphy, that would be hard for me to say no, but I would. I know that's three years of control, top five catcher in baseball, but the reason why I said yes to Burns was because that was their weakness, right? You could say catcher was the Padres' weakness a little bit in this past season. But Nola is not the worst option. Camposano, he is developing. I think he will be better in 2023. He's under a cheap contract. So I would, I'd say no to like Sean Murphy, but that's almost yes for me. For Brian Reynolds, I'd say no. Three years of control, yeah. But Profar had arguably a better season than Reynolds did last year. So for me, I am willing to give up Jackson Merrill. A long answer, make it a short answer here. I'd say yes to a guy like Corbin Burns. Like, that's what failed the Padres in the NLCS last year. If you get the best rotation in baseball, or if you have the chance to, by getting Corbin Burns, I think you make that move. But for like Otani or stuff like that, I'm going to keep Merrill. I want the control. I want your biggest need. Like, first base. I don't see trade targets out there where it's worth trading Jackson Merrill. But like pitching, Corbin Burns is out there. Right? Brandon Woodruff, I'd have to think more about that. But like Burns is the, the guy that I would trade. Acuna, I see that in the chat. Of course, that's a guy I would trade Merrill for. Yeah, because we know it's a Ronald Acuna Jr. He's one of the best players in baseball when he's on the field, right? And you'd have him for years and years and years of control. So, yeah, that's another guy. Um, and I'm sure there's other guys out there. But Corbin Burns, that's like the realistic one, I think. 
I'm here in Milwaukee. Uh, I've seen reports about Milwaukee thinking about trading Corbin Burns and definitely Brandon Woodruff. So if, if they're willing to do that, that, that seems like the main guy that I'd be willing to do it for. Let me know. Let me know who you would pull the trigger for. Who would you trade Jackson Merrill for? Now, I don't want to make this seem like I want Jackson Merrill gone. Like, I don't believe in the guy or whatever. Like, I, I haven't really seen the guy play. I've seen videos. I've seen AFL, Arizona Fall League highlights and stuff, and he looks legit. Um, but I am also realizing that the Padres are trying to go all in. He is their most prized prospect. Teams love this guy. If you have the chance to go get a difference maker, uh, I think you do it. Like Merrill is not a guarantee to become a Fernando Tatis Jr. or to become a Manny Machado or even to become a Jake Cronenworth, right? So if you have the chance to win, you go do it. All right, let's get to the chat here. See what you guys think. Merrill, uh, Gil says, Merrill was rated the number two, three prospect in the fall league where the best prospects from every team face off. Dude is real. I understand he's real. Like, if it's for the wrong price, yeah, I'll say no to a Merrill deal. But it's, but if it's, right, I shouldn't say it that way. If it's for the wrong player, I, yeah, I'd say no. But if it's for the right player, like a Corbin Burns, someone that changes the team, and makes them even better, then yeah. And I say, yeah, I know he's real. That's why teams are interested in this guy, and they're salivating over the guy. So maybe you trade him while his value is highest. That's what it feels like it is right now. If the Athletics ranking him the number one guy out of the Arizona Fall League, like the guys they were impressed with, and these are all the best prospects in baseball. Isn't that telling you something? He's like, that's his highest market value. Yeah, Joseph says, while his name is hot, trade him. Trade him for the right guy. That, that's, my, that's my viewpoint on it. Okay, so Gil says, Merrill by late 2024. We're, okay, so if, it, if his expected time of arrival, of arrival, sorry, say that five times fast, his ETA to the big leagues 2024, late 2024, is he going to be an everyday starter in 2024 for that postseason run, the last year with Soto? I don't know. He might just be coming up for to be on the bench. Or I don't even know what his role would be. Like The roster will look probably different by then because it's A.J. Preller, right? So I want to go all in for the, the years that we're guaranteed to have Juan Soto. So if you had the chance to do that, uh, I think you make the move. Good question here. Fake619 says, what if Tatis can't stay healthy? Well, okay, well, th th look, that's a that's a question that we could ask till his contract runs out, till 2030, whatever, you know? Yeah, if Tatis doesn't stay healthy, then that hurts the team's chances, and maybe you're screwed. But what if, what if Juan Soto can't stay healthy? What if Manny Machado gets hurt next year? You know, like, you could ask that about any player. You could go, let's say the Yankees bring back Judge. What happens if Judge doesn't stay healthy? 
you could literally say that about every player. Sometimes you have to take risks. You know? So, yeah, maybe that's a concern if Tatis doesn't stay healthy. But you have him signed to a long-term contract. So the Padres are going to stick with Tatis. Yeah, I would screw with them for that year. But then you hope that he's healthy the next year. Wolfpack says Merrill, Crone, and Grisham for Acuna and Albies. Oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, you, anyone that's listened or watched me this past season knows how much I love Jake Cronenworth. He's my favorite player. Uh, I don't want to give up on Grisham, but if you're giving me Ozzy Albies, who's one of the best second basemen in baseball, you're giving me Ronald Acuna Jr., who's under control for multiple years, same thing with Albies. Like, that's hard to say no to. Oh, man. That's a tough one. What I'll say to that is, uh, I'd be glad, I'm glad that I'm not A.J. Preller. I think the Braves are happy with Acuna and Albies, and they, prob they probably wouldn't make that deal, to be honest, because they have Acuna under a very team-friendly deal. They have Albies under a nice deal. Uh, and they probably view Albies as a better player than Cronenworth. They view Acuna as a better player than Grisham, and Merrill isn't a guarantee to perform. And they could just bring back Swanson to be their shortstop. And they have, who's that kid, Grissom, or whatever his name is. I think he can play short, middle infield. So they'd the Braves would probably say no to that. But for the Padres, yeah, that's very appealing. Um, I'd have to think about that. Uh, I'm glad I'm not Preller. Mike says, you go all in for the next two years and then suck for the next 10 because you have no farm system. This is what Preller does, though. Preller, he, for some, somehow, right, he trades all these guys and he brings in new players. The whole team is like acquired players, but yet he still has a prospect or two that teams are salivating over, that they'd love to have. He still develops you know, he drafts the right guys. So if the Padres win a World Series in 2023 or 2024, yeah, the next 10 years of not having a farm system, would that be great? No, but you want a World Series. At the end of the day, you're trying to win. You're trying to do something you've never done in the franchise's entire history. Right? Are you trying to have a good farm system for a decade or are you trying to win a World Series? That's what I would ask. I'm trying to win a World Series. So, if they win a World Series, I'm fine with the farm system sucking. Wolfpack asks, uh, what about bringing back Caratini? No, they're going with Nola and Campy, I would think. They want Campy on the roster. Caratini, I think he's a free agent after the season. He's like the only catcher on the Brewers' depth chart, so the Brewers wouldn't trade him, I wouldn't think. And he's not, like, he's a re easily replaceable catcher. He's not someone where I'm like, oh, we need Caratini back. Uh, someone asked about Cabrian Hayes. No, the Pirates are building around him. They're not going to trade Cabrian Hayes. He's like their Tatis, is what it feels like. 
Oh, Gil says Jordan Walker was number two. Merrill was one. I didn't. I, I didn't read the whole athletic article, but I did see the Merrill part, and so that's why I talked about that. Jordan Walker might come up this year, right, from the Cardinals? I think that's what it is. Eric says, what if Merrill develops a bit and becomes close to what Abrams was and lets us back another good trade? Well, we could get a good trade for Merrill right now. Like, according to this, scouts are salivating over Jackson Merrill. And, you know, the Athletic is putting down that Jackson Merrill was the guy that impressed the most in the AFL. And he had an OPS over 900 this past year, and he's 19. Like, teams love him. That's what it seems like. So they could get a good they could get a good trade right now for him. All right, everybody. I think that's gonna oh, that's a good point, Wolfpack. Tatis has a no trade clause, so um yeah, like I think well my point is someone was talking about earlier in the chat about Tatis. Oh, maybe what if he gets hurt? Then you don't have Merrill. Well, he has a no trade clause. Like they're invested long term in Fernando. So, for anyone that thinks, oh well, maybe they'll trade Fernando, uh, and they want to like clown people, fans that think Fernando's a lock to be on the team in 2023, and he has to earn trust back. Like, sure, he has to earn trust back, and I will always remember that he hurt the Padres' chances of winning at all this past season from what he did. But, like, this guy is one of the best players in baseball. He's still young. He's at shortstop. He's one of the most athletic guys in baseball. He's a 40-plus home run player. Like, if you want Tatis moved, you're foolish. All right. Those are my last thoughts here. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Episode 287, Talking Friars. Senga wants to be on an immediate contender. Good news for the Padres, you would think. Should the Padres trade Merrill? I think for the right player. They're trying to go all in right now. You could go even more all in if you can go get like Corbin Burns or another player like that that increases your chances of winning the World Series. Merrill's not a guarantee to come up and be this amazing player. Even though it seems like that's what's going to happen. Not a guarantee. We'll see. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy your Monday. San Diego State later tonight in the Maui Invitational against Ohio State. Go Padres. See ya.